0: To Romans chapter 10. I want to res- begin reading uh, verses 6 through 10 of Romans chapter 10. Hallelujah. It says, "...but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who will, who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead." But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 4, I want to read uh, verses 8 through 18. It says this, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who, we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through, through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Amen. Even though our, our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man, the spirit man, is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are, are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Hallelujah. Now, uh, for the, this is the fourth week, and the Holy Spirit's still having me go along the line of faith. Um, the first week I talked about the life of faith. Then I talked about the test of faith. Then I talked uh, last week about the race of faith. Now, today... I want to talk about the language of faith. I want to talk about the language of faith. Because faith does have a language. The language of faith has some very important characteristics. When faith is truly present within a Christian, there's going to be certain characteristics. There's going to be certain fruit that are exhibited. Would you agree with that? And when a, listen to this, when a person first gets saved, they step into a whole new realm. They step into a whole new realm. They have been so bombarded with the things of the world their whole life that they bring some of that into their Christian walk when they first get saved. How many of you been there? Amen, Rome wasn't built in a day. Amen. Amen. But, uh, you know, because how many of you know it's a process? Romans chapter 12 talks about the renewing of the mind. The renewing of the mind is a process, right? I mean, don't expect someone to get saved and then automatically they just know everything there is to know about the Word of God. Are you hearing me? My uh, wife and I, Elizabeth, we, we had a friend when we first got born again and she got saved and, and, and she did not know that it was wrong to have sex outside of marriage. And this was after she got saved. See, what I'm saying is, don't take for granted that everyone knows. Are you hearing me? That's the importance of discipling people. Discipleship. Amen? So, renewing of the mind is simply the process of replacing the garbage of the world with the Word of God in your beliefs and your thought life. Let, let, let me say that again. Renewing of the mind for the Christian is simply the process of untangling the web that all your life the world has fed you the junk. The devil's fed you the junk. Are you hearing me? But the renewing of the mind for the Christian, it's simply replacing those mindsets with what the Word of God says. It's starting to see things the way God sees them. Does that make sense to you? All right. So, so many times when a person gets saved, they start coming to church, but they feel like a fish out of water. How many of you ever heard, you know... Man, there's people speaking Christianese. How many of you have heard of that? It's like, man, they're speaking a language I, I don't even understand. They're always saying amen. They're always saying praise God. They're always saying all these confessions. How many of you have been there before? At first, it's, it's kind of strange to you, isn't it? You feel like a fish out of water. Uh, amen, I, I've been there. I, I know what it's like. Because they're hearing a difference in the language from the world. They're hearing the distinction from the world to the language of faith. Are you hearing me? Now, listen to this. I find it amazing that a baby can be born and put in an environment where a certain language is spoken, and eventually that baby, as it grows, will catch on to the language in the environment which it puts itself. Now, I mean, even if an American baby was born in another country like China or Japan, if they are around that environment and hearing that language on a daily basis, they're going to learn it. Now, the same is true with the newly saved Christian. We call them baby Christians. You all familiar with that term? When someone first gets saved, we call them baby Christians because they need some help in, in learning, learning the ropes and in learning the Word of God, being discipled. Amen? Amen. So I I just, whoever listening to me here, listening to me on the radio and internet, don't get discouraged if you're a a new Christian and you feel like a fish out of water. No, just put yourself, keep keep on coming here in the Word of God, put yourself in the environment, and you're going to adapt to the language of faith. Are you hearing me? You're going to grow spiritually. You're going to grow spiritually. So... So they'll, these Christians, new Christians, they'll adapt to the language of faith as they put themselves in this. Now go to uh, Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, I, I came in here today with flu symptoms. And I'll tell you right now, I feel like I'm in overdrive. I don't feel one bit of it. Amen. I said to God, I said, God, I am relying on your anointing to carry me through. Because as you guys were all walking in, I'm laying on the couch feeling dead to the world. Amen? Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Romans 10, 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the language of faith, the characteristics of faith, will become evident as you consistently, say consistently, consistently, hear and feed on the word of God. Because the context, which I said many times before, the context of this scripture is so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. It's a consistency of hearing, not just a one-time thing. Amen? So let's get into this. I want to share with you some important characteristics of the language of faith. What are some of the things? I I could bring up a whole bunch of things, but I don't have time to... I just had to put, you know, just touch on a few things here. So bear with me. The first characteristic of the language of faith is that it speaks or confesses the word of God. Now go to 2 Corinthians 4.13 again here. It says, And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore we speak. See, the the language of faith speaks and confesses the word of God. You could say with this scripture here that we believe the word of God, therefore we speak the word of God. If you don't believe the word of God, you're not going to speak the word of God. Are you hearing me? So faith always confesses who and what we are in and through Jesus Christ. Always. Always. You hear someone talking like that, a Christian, they're speaking the language of faith. Now, it's interesting here. The word confess literally means to agree with. The word confess literally means to agree with. So when, when faith in the word of God is active within a Christian, their talk will agree with what God has said. My question is, what are you agreeing with today? Are you agreeing with what God said or are you agreeing with what the world says? Are you agreeing with what God says or are you agreeing with what the devil tells you about your situation? The word confess literally means to agree with. What's coming out of your mouth? You see, faith will cause the Christian to stand up and verbally confess. Romans 8, 37, that we are more than conquerors through Christ. He has made us the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. We are overcomers through the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll tell you, if you believe it, you're going to speak it. And you're going to live like it. So many Christians, you know, they, they, they're so negative. Have you ever been around a negative Christian before? You about choke on their negativity. Are you hearing me? I mean, come on. Let's face it. If, if, uh, if, you're gonna, if you believe what the Word says, if you really believe it, your attitude's going to prove it too. Right? Hallelujah. Now, Faith will cause the Christian to verbally confess the benefits of Psalm 103, 3 and 5. That in Christ, all of our iniquities are forgiven. God heals all of our diseases. He redeems our life from destruction. God crowns us with loving kindness. And he satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. I'm telling you, the language of faith will confess, will speak the word of God. Faith will cause the Christian to verbally confess and enforce our authority and power over Satan and evil spirits through the Lord Jesus Christ. It just will. See, faith does not back down from a showdown or a confrontation with Satan and evil spirits. Are you hearing me? Oh, I'm telling you, this is I know this is where it goes from just religion to, you mean I actually got to do something? You mean there's a real devil? There's real evil spirits? That's exactly what I'm telling you. And I'll tell you, real faith will not back down from a showdown and a confrontation and say, devil, get your hands off of my family. Get your hands. I command this sickness to leave my body in Jesus' name. It will use and enforce the authority through Jesus Christ. It's not some soft thing. See, those Christians are like David when he picked up those smooth stones to fling at Goliath. The Christian carefully and strategically selects scriptures from the word of God that will put the enemy to flight. Oh, hallelujah. And you, like Jesus, can say to the enemy, it is written. See, you see, the enemy doesn't care what your opinion is. But when, he, when you speak the word of God in faith, look out. He's going to flee. He's got to flee. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. And you can boldly confess Psalm 119.89. Forever, O oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Therefore, if it's settled in heaven, Jesus said these words to his father. He said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, Hallelujah. Have we been settling for less than the will of heaven? Have we been settling for less than the will of God in our lives and our families? So you can stand you can stand strong, you can boldly confess the word and with faith and patience. Say patience. Mixed together, you can watch the circumstances in your life change. You can watch the circumstances in that situation change. If you will only stand strong in the midst of the storm. And hold on to the anchor of God's word. See the language of faith is not timid. The language of faith is not quiet. Faith is not quiet. I'm telling you. You got faith. Eventually it's, gonna, it, it's got to come out of your mouth. It's got to come out of your mouth. Hallelujah. Now. Which, this leads me to the second characteristic of the language of faith, is boldness. Not, no, not baldness, boldness. Yes. Amen? <laughs> no, the second characteristic of the language of faith is boldness. It will boldly come against sin and unrighteousness. Go to Proverbs 28.1. Hallelujah. Proverbs 28.1. Proverbs 28.1 says this. The wicked flee when no one pursues. But the righteous, say righteous. righteous. How many of you know Christ has made us righteous? Amen. But the righteous are bold as a lion. Now think of a lion. They're pretty bold, aren't they? They are bold. But listen, the righteous stand up for the truth of God's word. The righteous stand their ground. They don't back down to the world. They don't back down to the devil. And they don't back down to come against false teachers and false teachings. Oh, I'm going somewhere with this now. How many of you know the Apostle Paul was bold? How many of you know that Jesus himself was bold? Now, If you truly believe that the Bible is God's word, you will speak the truth boldly. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. I want to show you something here. Hallelujah. Feel like I could run a marathon right now. Mm. Ephesians 6, 18 through 20. At least I'm sweating like I'm running a marathon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, Ephesians chapter 6, 18 through 20. Listen to this. The Holy Ghost through Paul said this Praying always with all prayer or all kinds of prayer. Yes, there's different kinds of prayer. Don't lump prayer as just prayer. Uh, I have teachings on the internet you can listen to if you want to go back and listen to them. Praying always with all prayer, all kinds of prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, now here, Paul's given a prayer request to the Ephesians. He says, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly, say boldly, Bold. to make known the mystery of the gospel. And then verse 20, I love it, for which I am ambassador or representative in chains that in it I may speak boldly, underline this, as I ought to speak. Oh, every time I read that, just something goes off in my spirit, man. He says I, that, that I may speak boldly, as I ought to speak. Evidently, God wants us to be bold. He wants his people to be bold. Proverbs 28.1 says that the righteous are bold as a lion. Now, I know you people who, are, who, who have the mercy gift and all that, this is kind of a touchy subject with you. But just hang in there. I'm going somewhere with this. We'll, we'll, we'll balance it out here. But we are expected to boldly stand up for the truth. There are, how many of you, there's no exceptions. Amen? But listen, some misinterpret boldness for not walking in love. But true biblical boldness always stays within the boundaries of the Word of God. True biblical, now some people are bold, but they're just downright rude bold. What the world would consider uh, bold. Are you hearing me? No, true biblical boldness always stays within the boundaries of love. Boldness for the Christian should be motivated by love. Love for the Lord Jesus Christ and love for other people. Are you hearing me? You should love people enough to speak the truth of God's word to them. How many of you know? I I wrote it in one of my articles. uh, You're not doing anyone a favor. If you see a brother or a sister in the Lord or someone straying, you're not doing them a favor by keeping your mouth shut because you're letting them go down the path of deception. You're just letting them go down the path of sin without confronting them on the matter. Are you hearing me? See, I wrote in an article, I said, look, if I had a cure, for a natural cure for cancer, a natural cure for cancer, and I didn't share that cure with someone, I would not be accused of being their friend. Are you hearing me? So then why are so many Christians saying, well, I just don't want to, oh, I don't want to judge, I, I, I don't want to tell them, you know, I just want to stay on good ground. How many of you know, they're not doing that person a favor by keeping their mouth shut? Yes, it's probably going to cause their feathers to be ruffled. How many of you know, anytime someone comes with with a rebuke, it's not fun. But it's what we need. Medicine doesn't always taste good, but sometimes we need to take it. Are you hearing me? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Let me show you something. I want to show you how bold Paul was. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. uh, And I want to read verses 1 through 5 here. No, you're walking in love when you, when, when you warn someone, when you say, brother, sister, the word of God says this, and you're, you're doing something, and you're going down a dangerous path. That's love. Are you hearing me? Love is not always a fluffy kind of a feeling. Are you hearing me? 1 Corinthians 5, 1 through 5. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. Paul's speaking to the Corinthian church. And, and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife. And you are puffed up and have not rather mourned, that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I indeed, as absent in the body but present in spirit, have already judged as though I, have, as, as though I were present. Him who has done, so done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit with the power with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, t- look at this is harsh. Deliver such an one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Folks, this is in the New Testament. I, does, does that amaze anyone to, to read how bold? Paul came against this situation? It's very tough. Now, I'll tell you right now, the Apostle Paul would really take a hit if he were to say that nowadays in a church. Are you hearing me? Oh my, can you imagine the tabloids on that one? But Paul boldly came against sin in the early church. And why should we back down from it now in the same New Testament church? We shouldn't that's right now that doesn't mean that you're walking out of love that doesn't mean let me say this again when you speak the word of God to someone you're not judging them you're speaking what God says in his word and you're just trying to help them and lead them in the right path for their life amen but no the devil twists it and says no no if you speak that to someone and you offend them boy you're out of love Well, that's not necessarily the case now, is it? Paul here gave us an example of that. Now, I do want to say this. Paul was saying to kick that person who calls themselves a brother out of the church. Have no fellowship with him, he says. In fact, Paul said to deliver him unto Satan for the destruction of his flesh that that his spirit may be saved in the day when Jesus comes back. But listen, I want to say this. The Bible speaks very harshly about someone who calls themselves a Christian but is living contrary to that. See, this isn't talking about just some sinner who has not received Jesus. Are you hearing me? It's someone who calls themselves a Christian. But they're not walking the walk. And Paul says, "Uh uh-uh. No way, because what you're doing, Paul Paul, basically in a nutshell saying, what you're doing is you're calling yourself a Christian, a follower of Christ, and you're dragging Jesus through the mud because you're not resent, re- representing the Jesus of the Bible. Are you hearing me? So don't, know. don't, see the Bible does talk about, is there someone who, in the church who's. Uh, who is living an immoral life, who calls himself a brother and sister, it says, hey, break fellowship with that person. But I challenge you to find out, to search through the Word of God, what Paul says, he says, I'm not talking about, basically, he says, the world. He said, if we did that to the world, how how would we affect them for Christ? How would we bring them to Christ if we ignored the world? But someone who calls themselves a Christian... And, and says that they're an ambassador, a representative for Christ, and dragging them through the mud? Uh uh-uh. uh. Now, I know in one of my articles, I came really hard against a local pastor here uh, who, who teaches ho- that it's okay homosexuality and abortion. You know what? He's calling himself a brother, and that is a shame. And I don't, and I tell you this, I don't regret one bit putting that in the article and exposing this, this individual. Are you hearing me? I I don't. I don't care. I felt the the unction and boldness of the Holy Spirit to go ahead and email that sucker off to the pioneer. And I don't make any apologies for it because he's calling himself a minister, a pastor for the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's accepting abortion, murder of the unborn, and homosexuality. No. No way. I'm not going to stand for it. Are you? Amen. So... So, but, but you know, uh, Paul today would be told that he's arrogant. He's not walking in love. But he was coming against sin in the church. Um, so obviously Paul wasn't sinning because, how many of you know, if it's in the Bible, I mean, it's fair game for the New Testament church, right? Paul wasn't being arrogant. Or else, the word of God would have said would have said what He said and said. See, don't do this because Paul was walking out of love. He he was not walking in love. He he was being arrogant. He was being judgmental. Are you hearing me? So, uh, so we need to stand strong. The language of faith stands strong, takes a strong stand against unrighteousness uh, and sin within the lives of, of believers. Um, So things that are written in the Bible are, the Bible says, for our admonition, for a pattern for us to follow, especially in the New Testament for the church today. Uh, Many people, as I mentioned before, they just want to hear a fluffy, I love you, you love me, we're a happy family message. But it's not always that way. Amen? I'm tired of hearing the fluff. I, are you hearing me? Where's the boldness to stand up against unrighteousness? Where's the boldness to stand up against this junk of homo, uh, homosexuality and, uh, uh, coming into the church? And, and uh, you know, abortion coming into the church? It's wrong. Amen? So we can be bold and we can walk in love at the same time. But that doesn't mean it's always going to be soft and seeker-sensitive message. Amen? If anything, like I said, the the body of Christ has not enforced the standards set forth in the word of God enough. Now listen to this. Uh, I know of a church, not in this area, but where a man has been unfaithful to his wife for over 20 years. And no one has confronted him. And he goes to church every Sunday. Now, I want to tell you, this is not just rumors this is confirmed. This guy is seen with this other woman at restaurants in the local area. Well, first off, his wife is foolish to stay with him. Are you hearing me? But, but I, I'm just saying, what is going on here? Oh, I don't want to confront him, man. I'll be, I'll be judging him. My God, we got to stand for the word. Are you hearing me? My point is that many in the body of Christ are not bold enough when it comes to standing up against unrighteousness. Why is it that Christian bookstores owned by Christians are selling Catholic books that talk about burying statues of dead saints to help them sell their house and property? What is going on? And then at the same time, they stock books that bash Benny Hinn and Kenneth Copeland in spiritual gifts. What is going on? What is going on? That just sends a mixed message to people that it's okay and acceptable to believe whatever you want to believe, even if the Bible doesn't support it. Are you hearing me? Well, we'll just stock it. Well, you know the Bible also says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Are you hearing me? Either you're taking a stand for righteousness or you're not. And sometimes the language of faith is like one crying out in the wilderness. In the dark world in which we live, you may feel outnumbered. A Christian that is motivated by faith, however, doesn't care how many people are standing with him or her. They know that they're preaching the word of God. They're standing up for righteousness. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll tell you right now, we are not in a popularity contest on this earth. We're not in a popularity contest in college, in high school. It's not a popularity contest. Amen? we got a mission to do. we got, we got to represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and we need to do it right. Amen? Amen? The third characteristic of the language of faith is that it primarily speaks to the mountain and not about the mountain. Now, the reason that I say primarily, to it speaks primarily to the mountain and not about it, is because, come on, it's not a lack of faith to admit when there's a problem. It's not a lack of faith to to deny that you don't feel well. That's not a lack of faith. Faith is denying its right to remain in your life. It's not a lack of faith to... Oh, you know, I'm not feeling very well today. You know, I just I, I need your prayer. How else are, are you going to get prayed for if you're sick? If you're not telling anyone, you don't feel good. Come on. Let, let, let's use common sense in the, in the body of Christ. Are you hearing me? No. It's Faith is not the denial of a problem, sickness, or a disease. It's refusing its right to stay there. To have faith means that you're enforcing your rights and benefits in Christ to overcome it. Mark 11, go there. Mark chapter 11. I'm tired of, of, of people hearing them say, well, I can't tell you what's wrong with me. Well, how, why can't you tell me? Well, because I, I don't want to sound like I'm unbelieving. For crying out loud, what can I pray with you for? <laughs> Are you hearing me? Do we need to lay hands on you or not? Are you hearing me? Mark 11, 20 through 23. I want to read this here. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. That verse, have faith in God, literally says, have the God kind of faith. Uh, 23, for assuredly I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Now that's powerful. Jesus here reveals the truth about the power in, in, the spo- in our spoken words when they're backed by faith. The power of our words when they're spoken by faith from the heart. See, we can move mountains, hindrances, problems when we speak the language of faith. When, they're, when the words are spoken, come on, from a believing heart. You may not see the results right away, But know that something is happening. It says here, uh, it said, now in the morning as they passed by, Peter reminded Jesus, he said, look, Jesus, the the fig tree which you cursed has now withered. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, obviously they didn't see the results immediately, but obviously the process began immediately because the fig tree did in fact wither. Are you hearing me? They didn't see the results right away. And what I'm trying to say is when you speak the word of God, you speak a scripture into your problem. When you need a healing and you speak a healing scripture, you know, you speak a healing scripture in faith, you might not see it immediately, but just keep speaking it, believing what the word says, and you watch. It's going to come forth. You know, it's, you're sowing, you're sowing, sowing and reaping. Now, how foolish would it be If I I wanted to go plant a vegetable or something, and I plant it, and I'm like, all right. Oh, must not have worked. I don't see anything immediately. Are you hearing me? Why? The the Word of God is referred to as we're sowing. We're sowing. It's seed. The Word of God is referred to as a seed. We need to plant the seed. We need to water the seed. And just hang in there. Hang in there. The answer is going to come. Maybe not as quick as you would like it, but just hang in there. The Word of God will work. It works, but we got to work it. we got to plant the seed in our situation. Now, uh, go to Mark chapter 4 as I get ready to close here. Mark chapter 4, 35 through 41. On the same day when evening had come, He said to them, Jesus said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude they took him along in the boat took him along in the boat as he was and other little boats were were also with him and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling but he Jesus was in the stern asleep on a pillow and they they awoke him and said to him teacher do you not care that we are perishing then he arose and rebuked the wind and, and said to Uh, to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Notice how the contrast there, he says, Why are you so fearful? And then uh, you have no faith. Faith and fear can't coexist in your life. And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, "Who, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? The point that I wanted to bring, up, bring out about this, and I really felt like someone needs to hear this. I don't know who it's for, but it, it's kind of a rabbit trail. I kind of tie it up in a minute. But many Christians judge whether or not they're in the will of God depending on if there's resistance or not in their life. Let me say it again. Many Christians judge whether or not they're in the will of God for their life depending on if there's resistance or not. In other words, if I'm, boy, if, if, if it seems like there's resistance, boy, I just must not be in the will of God. That is not true. That is not a true test because Jesus said, let us go, let us cross over to the other side. Yet they encountered a little bit of a resistance with that storm, didn't they? What was happening, the enemy caused the storm to hinder, hinder them from crossing over because Jesus was about ready to set the demoniac free. Have you ever caught that before? The next account, right when they got to the shore, that's when Jesus went and cast the demons out of that demoniac of Gadara. So, you know, they could have turned around and said, boy, we just must not be in the will here. Boy, Jesus, you just messed up. You know, we got to turn around. No, that's not always the case. That is not always the case. Uh, In fact, the apostle Paul would have never completed the will of God for his life if resistance was the test that we are to judge the will of God by. Amen? Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. So don't always judge the will of God by circumstances. Some, someone's thinking, well, how do you know the devil caused that, caused that storm? Well, uh, God didn't because Jesus rebuked the storm. And if God caused the storm, Jesus would re- be rebuking his heavenly Father, and that's not going to happen. <laughs> Amen? Amen? So don't always judge the will of God by circumstances. What do you need to do? Go back think back when you made that decision to move forward with whatever you're doing. And my question is this: Did you have peace initially when you made that decision? Don't don't make the decision, don't, don't make the decision saying, "Well, I just got resistance now and I'm going to bail out because I must not be in the will of God." No, no, when you first made that decision Did you have peace in your heart or not? If you had peace in your heart, you're in the will of God, and you need to just keep pressing forward. If you didn't have peace and you know you messed up, then you need to take a step back and you need to find out what God's will is for your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I also want you to notice out of this that Jesus spoke to the storm and it obeyed, and I want to throw this out to you. Because he had peace on the inside of him, and he could release what he had. Now, the, the, uh, the disciples, they didn't have peace at all, so they couldn't release it. And in fact, Jesus rebukes them. It, it, it's almost I can almost hear Jesus saying, you know, come on, just you should have let me finish sleeping, and you guys could have rebuked the storm. But they couldn't because they didn't have peace on the inside of them. Oh, that's good faithless. They were fearful, Jesus said. Amen? So fill yourself with the word of God. Allow the peace of God and the power of God to be a reality on the inside of you so that you too can release that power of God when you need it. Alright, just chew on it. Just chew on it. Hallelujah. I know that was kind of a mouthful there. But listen, here is a key, and I, one more scripture I want to share with you. Here is a key to help you in your trials. Always remember this, that God is a good God. I'm talking about the core. Always, don't ever forget this, that God is a good God. He has good, nothing but good plans for you. God is for you, not against you. He will never forsake you, even in the darkest, darkest hour of your life. So don't you dare get mad at God. Don't you dare point your finger at God because he's for you not against you. You need to hold on to him. And I want to close with Romans 8:28. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Romans 8:28. I know it's behind me but I want to look it up, all right? All right. <laughs> Listen to this. And we know That all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to His purpose. Whatever situation you're in today, just know that if you will stay close to your Heavenly Father and you will remain a faithful ambassador ambassador for Jesus Christ, God can and will turn your situation around for good. Draw strength and comfort from the Word of God. Draw strength from the scripture that says no weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. Amen? Let's stand in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The language of faith. Put yourself in the environment of the word. Put yourself in the environment of the word of God. Put yourself around other mature Christians who can help disciple you. Now, maybe there's someone in this place you have never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. You're you're walking on thin ice because you don't know when you're going to take your last breath on this earth. And you don't want to leave earth without Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I want to pray with you today to make Him your Lord and Savior. Number two, maybe you... Said the sinner's prayer a long time ago. You thought you were saved. You, you, you think you were. You, you, you think you would go to heaven if you died right now. But you don't know for sure. You can know for sure if you're going to heaven or not. Why don't you come forward today? Let's just settle it, and I want to pray with you. Rededicate your life to the Lord Jesus Christ today. You need to turn your eyes back on Jesus. The prodigal sons, the prodigal daughters need to come back home to Father's house today. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. You need to if you haven't. It's in the Word. It's fair game. I just don't understand why people wouldn't want everything that God has for them. Do you? I mean, you'll go to heaven without the baptism, sure. But why wouldn't you want every benefit that God has for you? Power power to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, I want you to come forward. Maybe you need a physical healing in your body. Maybe you need an emotional healing. Maybe you've just been suffering with a lot of depression, oppression, suicidal thoughts. I don't know, whatever it is. Maybe you just need prayer today for a miracle in your life, in your family. If that's you, I just want to take time right now just to pray with you. The rest of you just worship the Lord and listen to the music and Determine in your own heart that you're going you're gonna to stand in faith. You're going to speak the language of faith that you want everything that God has for you today. else before we close the service today. Just said last class is tonight for Training Center? Oh, okay. All right. I guess the Training Center is meeting one more week here tonight. And uh, so everyone come on back Wednesday night if you're able, uh, pressing through with the video series. If not, come back on Sunday if you ever need to talk or just whatever. If you want to buy me lunch or something, give me a call. I'm just, just joking. All right. Be blessed. Thanks for coming today. See you then.